my 20-year-old virgin tells why. Unbiyan, everyone. I hope you're doing amazing today. It's been a while since the recording of our last episode, so I wanted to make sure we got another one in before the next year, given that I am still 28 years old and this applies. <laughs> so topic of today, a 28-year-old virgin explains why. Now, we could get into the definition first off. Now, according to our good friend Google, uh, virgin has multiple definitions. A person who has never had sex, a person with no experience in a particular activity or job, an unmarried girl or woman, an unmarried religious woman, an unfertilized insect, uh, something that remains pristine, untouched, or uninitiated. So in the, you know, there's several variables that could contribute to, to a decision or a choice, uh, such as mine. I did write a personal memoir of an ebook to sort of give me some direction on today's share. And so let's talk about the variables. So first, let's talk about uh, my religious upbringing. Now, I was raised a cradle Catholic. I did go to a patriarchal Catholic private school. And Mary, the mother of Jesus, is highly regarded, right? She's highly respected. And she's known as some to be a spiritual mentor, so to speak. And so the fact that people believe that, you know, she conceived Jesus by means of the Holy Spirit, that speaks a lot of volumes, right? And and in the the Mexican culture of mine, the that upbringing also was shaped in a way where okay yeah you're the you're the woman you're the female you're the youngest of our family uh definitely uh it, it's something that was supported by not only my mother parents but elder brothers as well and it's something that uh culturally and with the religious context put together, the ideology is you protect the honor of your family. And that was just the way to do it. An example is uh, nothing good happens after 9 p.m. You make sure you have your, your parents there to pick you up sort of thing uh, all throughout high school. And in college, that was sort of ingrained in me already. I did choose a very demanding mm, medical field in the nursing community. And so I was always busy with tests anyway. Uh, I did have a social life um, and I'm, I'm not an anomaly that I don't have friends. My friends actually are aware of my, my personal choice and they respect and honor that. And, you know, I'm happy to share my perspective for another one listening who's maybe in the same situation 
and has gotten shamed or guilt tripped or bullied about it. And I have to tell you that you have my support and it shouldn't be something that should be rushed. I believe that I am more than capable of giving myself to the right person at the right time. And I have studied a lot of psychology to know um, about red flags, about green flags. And if I feel comfortable, if it's the right time with the right person. And so at this point, you know, going with the history of my religious upbringing to kind of wrap that up, what I believe now is, oh, and by the way, I did go to Mount St. Mary's University, an all-women Catholic university, and uh, St. Joseph High School, which is an all-women high school. And so do I regret any of that? No, I think I had a beautiful experience and it was very, I felt very safe, you know, very um, conducive to my learning. You know, it was a focused environment. And yeah, so besides that point, what I believe now, I actually stumbled across a book called Mary Magdalene Revealed in which the author, Megan Watterson, she is a feminist Christian leader, thought leader, in which she exposes that Mary Magdalene was not a prostitute. And so that perspective is very eye-opening because she presents Mary Magdalene to be sort of as Jesus's soul match. The first true, what's believed as the first true witness of Jesus' resurrection is Mary Magdalene. And so when she exposes in her work that she could very well be regarded as Jesus's match, like Jesus's equal, the feminine version of of Jesus in a way, uh, that creates for another spiritual mentor that that women can can seek after. And so, you know, along with the whole celibacy topic, another female mentor that women could look up to is Queen Elizabeth III. Queen Elizabeth was notorious to be a great leader in the United Kingdom. And she had a lot of men at the tip of her reach, right? Her fingertips. And I I do see how that sort of delayed gratification decision could merit such results. Um, I I cannot tell you the number of of men who have proposed to have sex with me, um, who have asked me either straight up or you know, directly or indirectly, or just, you know, invite me to dates. And at the end of the day, you just have to align to your principles and values, morals, ethics, and what you're looking for. So if you're in your teens, if you're in your college years, if you've made a similar decision and are holding to it, uh, whether or not you are holding to it, this saving yourself until 
the right guy or marriage or whatever it is, uh, know that you have my support. And someone out there besides you loves you that is greater than you who created you. And uh, I do believe there is a God. So that's the perspective that I'm coming from. And I'm also coming from the perspective of not shaming women who are virgins. Um, I believe uh, such as how the gospel of Mary Magdalene portrays uh, women such as men should have dominion over their own bodies. And that's a very personal decision, which people honestly don't really care about. Um, it makes for, for a interesting headline, but at the end of the day, uh, this isn't going to matter five years from now. But this message remains in which you shouldn't bully, shame, belittle anyone's decision, whether they are asexual, lesbian, gay, bisexual, whatever they identify as. Uh, at the end of the day, I don't think people care. Um, and people should be judged by their spirit. And if they're judged by their spirit, which is the same that everyone else has, it's created with the same essence, with the same material, uh, then there really would be less, less um, fighting in the world, less discrepancies is, is truly my belief at this time. And so now I'd like to transition to the ebook. I wrote an ebook. It's available to anyone upon request. Simply email marisoluribe.95 at gmail.com and we will get that to you. Just uh, type us the word ebook. And so I titled it From Trauma to Triumph. It's a journey toward self-love because why? You first need to be comfortable and love yourself before you could love anyone else. And when I've spoken to patients, clients, we talk about this. We talk about how you need to love yourself in your own love language, whether that's spending quality time and journaling, time in nature, any of, of the sort, you know, being connected with people, that's truly where you can grow, contribute in the world, and have some fun. So that is available to all of you listeners, my ebook. And this podcast isn't for everybody. It's for people who are willing to think colossally are willing to be vulnerable for the exchange of growing and personal relationships at a level that is not superficial. I want you to consider taking a conversation from superficial to deep as quickly as possible and as authentically as possible. You know, you could strike up a conversation and not have it be memorable, or you could have it be very memorable and you can show the person that you're with, that you're listening and that you do care. And so that's something that I've truly worked to embody for the decade of my career in medicine. 
I've spent six years now as a registered nurse licensed by the state of California. And four years prior to that was volunteering. And so with my experience, even if in some grad school, um, I, I developed a passion for hearing and studying anxiety uh, and burnout rates among nurses and how to prevent that. So I took that model and I transferred it to the real world, all of you, and how I can make a change in one person's life, which is the point of this podcast episode. I just want to influence one person to get out of their own way, to go into the trajectory of what they need, what they want, what they desire, their dreams, their goals, and have nothing stop you. Okay. I have exposed today a vulnerability as some untold story of mine, and perhaps you can do the same strategically for a certain goal. Now, I was influenced by a speaker to share my story to begin with. And I met him at a Driven event. Y'all know Driven is a company. It's a self-development events company hosted by our Albert Preciado, a previous guest on the show. And this was Driven 7. It was about a month ago. And he, I was seated front row and this, this speaker, which I will play by the end of, of the show or at an intermission or at the beginning, I'll, I'll think about it here in post-production. Uh, So Ty Lopez was instrumental in me releasing this story because he talks about personal brand. And essentially, I got a good 15-minute one-on-one personal brand strategy session with him. And he said, hey, tell some jokes. You need to tell some traumatic stories. You need to say something controversial. You need to, you need, like I said... Something you never heard before. Like 28 year old virgin tells why. If I post that to my Instagram story, it's getting way more views than if I say, today I talked on pain to pleasure or a trauma. That's good. Okay, I got maybe something. 28 year old virgin. That's, That's yeah. a movie about that yeah. shit. 28 year old virgin. You should say the 28 year old virgin, you know, to explain to why. I mean, a lot of people will be like, what the fuck is a 20 year old virgin? Yeah. yeah. You know, another trigger to release this story was someone who reminded me of my aggressor, actually, of of uh, the cousin that did this to me. And surely the body keeps score. There are scars that are not visible to the human eye, but that the soul carries. And in my last episode on here, I talked about how Essentially, where there is great passion, there is room, there is risk. You open yourself for great disappointment. And so someone, another speaker up on that stage was Wes Watson. And he happens to deliver his keynotes in a way that people can identify as aggressive. Very no filter, upfront shouting, yelling. And honestly, that was a trigger for me. (laughs) And I spoke to him backstage 
even prior to that um, keynote delivery, uh, the day before, it must have been a Friday, uh, Albert calls it his CEO dinner. And I, I was just coming up to him for the second time. I've had three conversations with him. And uh, um, the last one was through text message, so it didn't include shouting by his part. But uh, long story short, before I dive deeper into that, I just want to say that I honor and respect everyone's journey. Everyone is on a different life journey. And um, again, I'm not into one-upping and saying in comparison and saying, oh, I'm a better life coach than than him. But I will say that I am also a life coach and a mentor. And if you resonate with him, get his coaching. If you resonate with me, get my coaching. And so I'll leave it at that. Um, And, you know, I could, I could say another teaser that we will actually, the plan is to share the stage at an event called Go Heavy 2, February 24th and 25th here in California. So grab your tickets today. Quick little side note. And uh, let's move on with the podcast. Back to the story. Let's see. This episode is getting intense, right? Y'all liking it? If you're liking the show, by the way, go ahead and give me an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I read them all. And again, hey, this this podcast episode is not scripted. I just have a little notes to to keep the tangential line of thought, a little mind map here. But other than that, uh, this episode, again, is to impact one person. If I could just uh, share my world with one person, this perspective, and help them out somewhat, then it's worth it to me. So what I'm inspired to do now is call out all the bullies, man, because I fucking hate bullies. And hey, cuss words are not in my nature because I was actually considering to be a nun at some point in my life. Uh, But I think I can impact people through my song, Unbillon, my book, Unbillon Mindset Health, that teaches about the mindset of health and the other projects that I'm working on like this podcast. So bear with me and kudos to you if you're still listening. Share this with somebody because fuck, bullies. Let's talk about them. Let's go to a place. And hey, it's not every day where a stranger on the internet peels open a piece of their heart like an onion and is prepared to share with you a piece of perspective. This is a little wisdom I'm giving to you today. If you have any iota of lacking concerns for others' feelings, purposefully making others angry or upset, treating others harshly, you're reckless, deceitful, manipulative, backstabbing, criminal, irresponsible, impulsive, then this next segment is for you. What it looks like when I had a conversation with Wes and he was yelling at me and I was just trying to talk to him, it triggered a PTSD in me remembering all the times that my brother, Edgar Joy Uribe, was yelled at 
not only by strangers, but by members of my own family. And it was heartbreaking to see. And surely you may have been told you are not enough. You may have been told that you're broken, that you're something isn't wiring within you, that you are not worth taking up space in this world. Just harsh, harsh stuff. And I believe that what you say is a reflection of what you feel about you. I believe in building bridges, not burning them. Unless people distance themselves from you, they could do it with their actions, with their thoughts, with their words, with their behaviors. Then there comes a point where you just need to rise over that. Okay? And choose your haters wisely. Or choose your enemies wisely, as Patrick Bet David likes to say in his new book. At some point, you will reach people that will drive you to success because they have put you down. Okay, you actually are triggered to do more with negativity, with negative criticism than with positive constructive criticism, right? You just happen to take it more seriously because of that primitive portion in our brain. Our brain is 2 billion years old. We've evolved, but not every cell in our body has evolved. And so if you catch yourself having negative thoughts, if you catch yourself not thinking in the 10-year version of yourself that you want to be, then it's not your fault. Just control, delete, blank slate your brain. Every day is a new opportunity, a new chance for you to get after what it is that you want. Surround yourself with five key people of influence in your industry. Surround yourself with people that love and support you, that want to mastermind with you and elevate you, grow you to the next level. And hey, if you're an entrepreneur, you set your own prices and you stand firm with that because chances are you have a bigger calling. You have a big why. You want to impact the world. You want to donate to charities. You want to stand up for bullies, aggressors. You want to do what's right. If you have something to say, you say something. And so keep following the show. www.theejuf.org. My brother Lorenzo and I have a video there explaining the cause and the mission. And if you want to get involved, We've got marketing applicants currently that I'm sorting through, volunteers, donors, everyone is welcome. And the idea is for every 500000 we raise, that can expense 50 burials. So the grants will go to eligible families their loved one has passed and uh, they need to, to bury them with dignity and, and the respect that they deserve. So that's all folks. Thank you for your time and attention. And I look forward to sitting down with you again in the near future.
billón está en mi mente Yo sé que es mucha gente Un billón está en mi mente No sé tú Me dicen enfermera Marisol Porque soy chicana México-americana